on the perfect slopes of Rocky Summit. A deadly force. is waiting for the perfect moment to strike. Stay away from Rocky Summit. According to the legend, it's haunted. Weather changes every five minutes. Angry spirits. That's good advice, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Why did this place close down? There was this little girl. She was skiing by herself. Leave me alone! You mean she died? And they say the ghost of the little girl still wanders the slopes. Hello, is anyone there? Now, a group of outsiders... That's a totally wax snowman. ...are about to find out. You tricked us into breaking into an abandoned ski resort, the site of unsolved murders. The terrifying truth. Whoa! I didn't know anyone else was up here. Somebody, help! Where are you? Come and get me! Welcome to Definitely First Blood. I'm Christopher. And I'm Mitch. And we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes today. But not today. Today we are talking about the early 2000s. Yes. We'll be talking about Shredder. It's an Iris uh, entertainment production. But before we get down to brass tacks, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm relaxed. Uh, coming to terms with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Exactly. That's almost an answer. How have you been doing? I'm good. My grandparents, as you know, were just here for three days. Other than that, just getting into this Christmas spirit. And by that, I mean getting myself filled with spirits for Christmas. Yeah. And this week, we have yet another Bose Brewing. Yeah beer on our countdown to christmas yeah sorry countdown to the holiday season ah. well, i guess it's all the holiday season yeah it is cornucopia of holidays and this beer is a cornucopia of spices mm-hmm. it's called channel ocho mexican spiced dark ale 8.9 percent uh, can't complain about that. And then there's no like cute little story or anything that goes along with it. But that's fine. There's a picture of a television set with a test pattern on it. Yeah, I um, don't like it. It tastes bad, mm. and I don't like it. It's uh like a Guinness with a lot of spices in it. It feels or it tastes like I'm licking an ashtray. Mm. So just not for me, I guess. I wouldn't say. And it. I've licked my fair share of ashtrays. <laughs> 
I wouldn't say that. Uh, Just ask my ex boyfriend. I'm getting any oh. ashtrays uh, vibes out of it. Uh, although I guess I do like a good scotch, which is basically an <laughs> ashtray in and of itself. So, hmm. Maybe so the scariest it. thing about this episode is going to be me finishing this beer. <laughs> I can finish it. No, man. I'm, I'm willing to take it. it on the chin. I will do it. If Cole can get out of this situation alive, I can make it through this oh, beer. That's true. Yeah. Cole, he really did it through his wits. He did. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, the Shredder is pretty, pretty, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. I don't know. Can I? I'm gonna be honest with you. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna be guileless okay. for a moment. I kind of liked it. Okay. Watching no, 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 it—that's totally for... fine. We're allowed to disagree. <laughs> like for a like cutting bleeding edge of the millennium movie, <laughs> it's fine. Like, I think my main thing with it is I just find it really boring. And it is not a long movie at all. It The runtime is an hour and 26 minutes. Are and you kidding? at least six minutes of that is credits. So it's like an hour and 20 minute movie. Are you kidding? No. And it feels like so much longer. Yeah. I've, I have taken uh, 50% more notes than I usually do. So I have taken 150%. <laughs> That's how much I wrote down for this movie. That's impressive. I don't know how. I thought it was way longer than that. And, I mean, you said six minutes of it is credits. How much of it is snowboarding montages? Oh, most of it. Like, there's, they probably had to throw that shit in just to make sure that it could reach an acceptable runtime. Just to buff it out? Instead, I think if it wasn't for those snowboarding montages, the runtime would be, like, just over an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. Well, thank God they're in there. <laughs> Because then we don't have to do a mini episode about it. And then it'd only be two pages instead of three. <laughs> so Shredder came out in 2001 or 2003. I think it was released. It had a very limited theatrical release. And mm -hmm. I think that was in 2001. And then it went to video in 2003, I believe. Yeah, after so the curse got lifted. It's like two separate release dates. Um, it was directed by Craig Hewson. And written by Craig Donald Carlson, as well as Craig Hewson. Okay. Or Craig Hewson. Stars. And here's the thing about this movie. It has an interesting cast. Very interesting. Tell me about it. So, as Cole, we've got Scott Weinger. Winger? W-E-I-N-G-E-R. Winger? Okay. Definitely. So, he did lots of stuff. Most notably, he's the voice of Aladdin. Wow, like I'm actually dumbfounded. It's pretty wild. What a connection. He's also on Full House and Fuller House. Really? Yeah, I think he's married to DJ Tanner. Like he was her boyfriend, Steve, and now they're married. Wow, he must get decent residuals. Oh, the, he, like he still voices two. Aladdin. Like he does Aladdin's voice in like everything. Wow, good for the him. Board. He really carved that out. He did. Props to you if you're listening. <laughs> Lindsay McCune as Kim. She was a recurring on One Tree Hill and Supernatural before like this movie. She was a main cast member in Saved by the Bell, The New Class. That's so weird. I mean, I guess she's like such a caricature. 
also as Skyler, Billy O'Sullivan, or as he's credited in this, Billy O. Okay, I was going to ask about that. He's now a big real estate agent in Hawaii. I want, does he still go by Billy O? I think it's Billy O'Sullivan. Okay. <laughs> That's too bad. Because I, I wrote it down because I was like, is, is this like Cher? <laughs> like, who is this one named person who I've never heard named before? Exactly. Yeah. Trying to make, make a moniker for himself, well, I guess. He definitely did in my heart. Julie Weichel, who hasn't really done anything, but she is married to the senior animator for all of the Call of Duty games. That happens. Yeah, yeah. Also stars Brad Hawkins as Christoph. <laughs> and he is a voice actor. He did like a Full Metal Alchemist. He does like a lot of English voices of like animes and stuff. Well, again, congratulations, dude. Carving <laughs> it out. And then Candace Moon as Shelly. And she's no, done no, nothing. No, she's done like nothing. With a name like that, though, <laughs> you'd think Rob Zombie would throw her in there somewhere. Oh, maybe just they're by, related. Oh just my by God. coincidence alone. Just by coincidence alone. <laughs> You're having a hard time with this beer. I am. It's very acidic. Yeah, it is, actually. It's giving me uh, predictions of heartburn. I'm happy to drink it. <laughs> No, it's cool. I'll man. drink any. You haven't even drank yours. I You've know. taken the exact same amount that I have. I feel great. <laughs> so when Shredder starts, mm -hmm. we get a series of shots of a closed down ski lodge. Yeah. Establishing shots of tattered signs and, and the like. So we know with 100% certainty that it's closed. Yes. <laughs> this is all scored by what sounds like a Disney Channel original movie Oh yeah, Music? like for but like, like it's hard. hocus pocus or something. There is a skier that's chasing a snowboarder down a hill, mm -hmm. and we see him being chased over and over and over and over and over again. While he's popping ollies and doing 260 back layover cross dips or something. There's a lot of cuts. I've never snowboarded in my life, so I have no idea it's... what he's doing. Yeah, me neither. Uh, anyways, the skier stops in like a copse of trees and like lifts this wire out of the snow and str that's strung between two trees. And the snowboarder, I guess, decides to chase them into the wire? No, like he's, he doesn't notice the wires there. He's just driving, going down the mountain, and the wire gets pulled, and then oh, he gets decapitated and his finger sliced. I thought he followed the skier into the little area. No, but no, I guess like the wire's strung to get over away. the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it almost decapitates him, but not quite. And in his hand, he's clutching the ski responsibility code, which he has conveniently held onto for this whole thing. Yes, and he has to, it's like he's obsessed with taking it and going away. <laughs> the title card is so bad, it's like word art bad. Yeah, and then <laughs> we get to a classic horror movie shower scene where we meet Kimberly... 
it's like a psycho like to the t psycho ripoff she gets fake scared by her boyfriend cole who's there to see her he's super excited to see her he's horny to see her gonna go to this ski lodge for a romantic weekend alone Uh, except she's got other things in mind yeah she's super duper distant yeah and uh she's also without telling him invited all of these other people (laughs) so it's not just gonna be the two of them (laughs) Cut to slasher movie trope number 5,412, mm-hmm. driving to the place. The whole cast of characters is introduced. Kimberly's cuddling with her pal Robin very romantically in the front seat. Yeah. Then there's Kirk, the professional snowboarder. Skylar, the cameraman, mm-hmm. which was also definitely a huge trope in like the post-Scream era oh, slasher movies. This was like meta. The guy with the video camera He's who's documenting He's making a documentary. Stuff. It's like post-Blair Witch Project. Yeah. It was it was huge trope at the time. I appreciate the fact that they didn't try to use a fancier camera and try to fake the funk with it. Like, uh... It's like Dawn of the Dead too, right? Yeah. The camera that they yeah. have. So. It was really nice. So anyway, Skylar is leaning all the way out of the car, like all the way. Like he has a little special stool or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> so just so that he can get the sweet shot of Cole driving them there for his documentary. There's also Pike with them who they say is a lesbian like a lot. Yeah, like an uncomfortable amount. She's a flosser. What? Dude, she will be mine. Carpet muncher. What, like, bye? Pike? Dyke. Pike Dyke. Come on, she's not gay. You don't know that. Whatever, she's waiting for the right man. And Kimberly drops a bunch of exposition on us that her dad is rich and is planning on buying this abandoned ski resort and developing it. So tell me, Miss Van Arks, how does a college co-ed come to be the owner of a private ski resort? Well, you see, it's not exactly private. It's more along the lines of clothes. We're just going to go up there and check it out. And Daddy's company is going to develop 20 jillion vertical feet of virgin powder. Virgin powder. That's what I'm talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They pull over to this gas station and immediately Robin takes her top off. Yeah, because Skylar spilled her coffee. Oh, I missed that. And so... Uh, as a brave soldier, he's like, Pike, will you take my camera into the women's washroom and record what's going on in there for mm-hmm. me, please? Mm-hmm. And they shoot some Girls Gone Wild style footage. And for some reason, Kimberly decides that this is the best time and the best medium oh, definitely. for her to talk about how she hates her boyfriend. Cole's not really my breed, you know? Maybe I'll just have him fixed. <laughs> what do you want this week chad chad charnley he's meeting us at the lot of course it's fucking chad of course it always is and someone's listening from outside so when they do go back outside we meet Kristoff, who says he's from europe in my country men and women share the toilet it's okay where are you from uh, i'm from europe and yeah. he joins the crew they ask him what country he's from Europe. It's great. Along with his unplaceable accent. And as the car pulls away, we get a close-up on Kristoff's very iconic red gloves. Dun-dun-dun. Sort of place the red herring, I guess, on him, that maybe he's the killer. So they pull up to the ski lodge, and they have to break in because as 
Kimberly explains, they haven't exactly bought it yet. Yeah, so she doesn't have keys. And we get a montage of the rest of the crew, again, snowboarding all over the place. Somehow they walked up the mountain while Cole is trying various comedic methods of breaking through the chain, (laughs) including trying to set it on fire with like a road flare. Yeah, it's this crazy montage where they're all ripping chowder or whatever. And Kristoff starts having some kind of a psychic vision or something. Oh, yeah. And I think later we find out they're flashbacks. Yeah. they. It's very confusing at first. And they go to check on him. And he, like, falls down. And, all, like, while this is happening, Skylar sees a girl skiing. And they have, like, a moment. Like, a, <gasps> seeing a deer in the wild or something like that. And strangers in the night exchanging glances. They go back to the abandoned lodge, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Skylar drops that he's filming everything because he's making a documentary about Kirk, who's a professional snowboarder, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get advertising and brand deals. Something that I thought was hilarious was Cole walking up to the ski chalet when they pull up, and he's walking in someone's fresh footprints and yet he is startled when pike is inside (laughs) like how do you think those footprints got there maybe he just wasn't paying attention to them he was literally like uh the shining level stepping in each one of them so that he didn't have to step in the deep snow (laughs) it was so funny to me uh anyways the when they finally get into the ski lodge it is essentially empty Mm -hmm. and like half torn down although there is a giant road sign right in the middle of it for no reason one of those like curvy path up ahead they keep unloading the car and skylar realizes that they need to make an alcohol run so he and cole are gonna head into town yeah uh i mean they wouldn't have realized that while they were in town but whatever they go to like this local bar to buy beer Mm-hmm. and it just like shows them inside and it starts with cole just staring off like thousand yard stare and oh he, yeah and he says <sighs> weekend alone in the mountains priceless 98.74 for everything else there's my credit card. But not mastercard no because they probably didn't give him permission <laughs> also all of these supplies cost It's a lot of alcohol. In $2,000. In new millennium coin, whatever they're called. (laughs) That's probably like upwards of $115 today, bud. Wowza. I know. Inflation. Uh, They get start. Well, not they. Skylar gets startled by uh, the snowplow driver who they had come across earlier, who's in the bar. And who doesn't take kindly to Skylar recording him. Mm-hmm. Like, and Skylar's like shocked. Like, oh my God. The bar owner warns them about going up to the mountains. Mm-hmm. But naturally, we got hormonal, drunk, horny young people here. And uh, no heat is taken. So yeah, they feign ignorance. They, uh, oh, also Skylar sees his ski bunny. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Who works at the bar. Spellbound by her. So the two of them go outside and they get in their car to leave. And they're like talking about Skylar's uh crush on this chick. He calls her mega spankworthy. Disgusting. 
and they're parked right beside the snowplow and it turns on and scares the crap out of them it's all these like spinning drums of death yeah, yeah. sort of like a uh like a hay baler yeah but for snow yeah exactly and so they go to pull out and then it's another fake out scare mm. where a truck drives by what a relief Jeez louise <laughs> hopefully the night's all downhill from there am i right definitely the party times get off to a rip-roaring start they're playing drinking games but pike wants to stop yeah uh they start playing truth or dare or something and this is all shot like that 70s show style exactly like that where, 70s where show. the camera's in the center spinning around this is a nice i mean i wish they stopped cutting between takes constant like every five <laughs> seconds because i think it would have been a cute cooler camera effect definitely but what are you gonna do right <laughs> anyways they're playing truth or dare so Pike removes her bra without taking her shirt off, and Kimberly removes her underwear without taking her pants off, although I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> probably, It's probably supposed to be a joke. Wow. Well, I thought she was magic. <laughs> There's Something a knock like at the door, and this is when the cop character shows up. He's yeah. not with us long, but boy, does he make an impact. He is very easily swayed. <laughs> He like barges in initially like, oh, I'm going to arrest you. Yeah. And even though he's fully dressed as a sheriff. Who are you, dude? <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm Kimberly Van Ark of the Con Van Ark Construction Van Arks. You stupid idiot. <laughs> like, I'll but, get my ID. But when that doesn't work, they immediately fall into just flirting with the guy to try and get out of this whole situation. Wearing intimates and then... They're being pretty bold with this whole thing. Like, they're just essentially trying to sexually bribe this police officer, sheriff, I think, sheriff. even, and into then, not arresting them or anything. And then financially. Because yeah, Cole, Cole slips them some cash. I don't know how much, but some. So this guy's basically the worst cop ever. Yeah, but he, so he goes from being like, I need to get you out of here for your own safety as well, to it's being like, like, oh, shucks, ladies. I, I just would hate to see any of you injured, but seriously, get out of here. You're going to die, but I'll leave, I guess. <laughs> Bye. So he leaves, and Kimberly starts telling the story of why the place is closed in the first place. Mm -hmm. So why did this place close down? Okay, like a hundred years ago when snowboarding was like new, they tried to ban it up here. You know, attracts the wrong element, not safe. But of course people were riding anyway. And then there was this egregious accident. Wait, I believe Officer Easy Bribe used the word murder. Okay, there was this little girl. She was kind of like skiing by herself. And these three boarders totally faded like 10.1 million blood alcohol levels. No, please! Eat a tree. You mean she died? I guess so. Duh. So what happened to the assholes that killed her? That's the weird thing. They had these, like, perpetrators, you know? But when the cops went to arrest them, they had just vanished. Wait, so how did Uncle Warbucks end up buying the place? I guess Daddy heard about the tragedy up here, and the ski resort couldn't get insurance or whatever after the little girl died. So our lawyers are working with the bankruptcy court. So we're checking out an investment? I mean, you tricked us into breaking into an abandoned ski resort, the site of unsolved murders, 
killers on the loose. Very traditional slasher movie, like the telling of the backstory mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and somehow our European Kristoff says, and they say she's the little girl haunts the hills to this day. <laughs> like, how would you know? You're from Europe. Robin thinks she sees someone watching them from outside, and Kim thinks it's Chad. So they all head outside to look. Yeah. I guess. Gotta spot this Chad. Cole and Pike end up finding a shed garage thing where I guess the power is for the whole lodge. Yeah. And Cole gets a serious case of foot meeting mouth (laughs) when he mentions that Pike is a lesbian. I'm sorry, you got more balls than any of us do than that. What is that supposed to mean? Hey. Relax, I was just kidding. It's always like you guys to take everything the wrong way. Us guys. Which guys? Hey, you know, I mean, it's cool, baby. Your lifestyle is none of my business. My lifestyle? It's okay. I mean, I know. I understand. I'm with it. I like chicks, too. (laughs) Did Kimberly tell you that I'm gay? Well, you know, Pike, Dyke. (laughs) And Cole rhymes with asshole. But she doesn't directly say no. Always like you guys to take everything the wrong way. And she gets pissed because she thinks Kimberly told him that she was a lesbian. And they're cousins. Yes, I was about to say. Which they mention in a bit, but also I guess they mentioned it in the car you said. I think so. Because I was very surprised when I learned this. Skylar does this whole... uh, I'm unnecessarily narrating everything as exposition uh, while they're in the car, just to introduce all the characters. You know, so. Pike, Dyke, the whole rhyme equals truth situation. Exactly, exactly. And would it be a lie if it rhymes? <laughs> they turn the power on and everything comes back to life. The, ah. the lifts, the lights, and then there's a super clunky, awkward fade to black. Oh, I where it was like a it. break for commercial almost. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It would be even better if it faded back in. Uh, it <laughs> sort of does. It's okay. like a scene of the the snow falling. Ooh. I know, pretty crazy. Um, back at the cottage, Kristoff is having more weird hallucinations or something. Mm-hmm. He can hear the little girl screaming. Yeah, and everybody's asleep. Uh, Robin and Pike are sleeping together in the same sleeping bag. Mm. And Robin tries making a move on Pike and she says, I'm not gay. I'm just honey. What? But Pike wants none of it. So she just like turns over. This is pre Katy Perry. I kissed a girl and I liked it as well. This is radical stuff. Kimberly wakes up wearing this aggressive tartan little house on the prairie style nightgown it's preposterous and changes into a tiny negligee to go looking for Kristoff. so it's like in in bed with cole she wears this thing yeah because he thinks she's a virgin and that's why she doesn't want to have sex with him and he, he thinks he's just respecting her by not being sexually aggressive it's preposterous it truly is it is preposterous so she goes to look for Kristoff, which is a pretty ballsy way to cheat on your boyfriend yeah. while he's asleep in the next room. But whatever, get your zhush, girl. Kristoff uh, isn't there. So she continues her search oh, outside. Yeah. 
I'll just go outside in my negligee yeah. <laughs> with this light after I've been warned about the murders. The cop is still hanging around and then he hears the flashback screams in the night. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. And this is never mentioned again. Okay. Can I tell you my theory about yeah. it? So in the credits, the dad is credited as mystery skier. Okay. And the killer let's say is credited as evil skier all right so we're to take that uh, just like the dad bar owner and the actual killer whose uh-huh. identity we'll reveal later well no who, who fucking cares spoiler alert it's the bar girl oh no but i think that it's just because they were working in tandem but i don't know why the cop would hear the flat this exact same flashback screamings in the night that Kristoff was because he's about to be killed so he says he's she screams to be like this is like what my sister this is what my mom like to add to the lore of it she does it before she kills him she's like screaming in the night yeah help me please yeah even though it's the exact same audio clip that they played for i mean not to poke holes in this movie it's literally the exact same audio clip that they play during Kristoff's flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know that they don't happen at the same time, right? Because that's what causes him to get up and go outside. While that's ha- while he's getting up to go outside, the sheriff could be murdered. And then by the time that he's being murdered, Kim goes outside. I see. However, I we'll have to agree to disagree on this one. I, I have think a you're feeling giving too much credit. Exactly. <laughs> No one put that much effort into it, and they were just lazy. But that's what I think happened. I, I think she screamed to get the sheriff's attention, get his like him like off center, mm-hmm. and be like, "Whoa, like what's going on?" I don't know. I thought I think maybe they were just like, "Well, they did this in Friday the Thirteenth. We'll just copy it." Oh, definitely that too. Definitely that too. <laughs> so the killer shows up mm-hmm. and stabs the sheriff with an ice pick. Yeah, through right? the head. It's great. Kills him, as dead. you would expect. He's dead now. <laughs> Kimberly continues on her journey to find Kristoff, going room to room. But we see that he's trying to break into shit by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin wakes up when because Kimberly comes into the room and like she's literally going Shh, room to room. They're so loud. Kristoff, so loud. It would wake anyone up. And also, they're sleeping with lit lanterns. What the hell? What the hell? Very intense. Maybe it's to keep them warm. I don't know. Or, or it's to light the room because they didn't know how else to light the room. I guess. They're too scared of ghosts. I mean, the camera people didn't know how else to oh, light the room. I see. They're like, yeah, what? we need true. to have a light source. Hey, if Barry Mil- M- Minton or whatever that is can be shot by candlelight the shredder crew can do it i know they can (laughs) so robin wakes up and she goes to find Kristoff herself she checks his sleeping bag he's not there but then he comes up behind her and covers her mouth and they start making out and getting frisky there's boobs and butt and i wrote down here no man butt disappointing but (laughs) they show his butt later they tease it he's not really my type or anything but he's kind of got like an early 2000s asshole thing going on like oh i 
He'd be like the bully hockey player. In an Abercrombie ad. Well, he's he's not quite fit enough to be in an Abercrombie ad, I guess. No, he's not disgustingly dehydrated. (laughs) Kim walks in and sees them, and she just, like, smiles and disappears back into the darkness. Like she's, like, her fairy godmother or something. (laughs) It's really weird. The next morning, Kim continues her, uh, like, quest to be Miss Congeniality, and she tells Cole to... Make her some eggs or something. Scrambled, not runny. Yeah. We also get to see a fucked up snowman that's outside. Yeah. That has a giant nose so that it can hold someone's glasses. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And Pike has this great line after the scrambled eggs thing mm-hmm. where she says, Kimberly must be the fuck of the century, which of course is funny because we know they're not having sex. It's dramatic irony. Also, why is he even dating her? Like, they have no chemistry at all. It doesn't even seem like they like each other. I don't know why she is staying with him, unless, I guess, because... Maybe she gets off no, on the cheating. That's what she said earlier in the in the washroom, right? I like having a little puppy that follows me around. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she wants to fuck a dog. Yeah, they show the shot of the snowman, which is important later. Uh, then they get down to their snowboarder antics. Mm-hmm. Skylar and Kirk head up in the lift while smoking weed. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> Kirk drops off and starts going solo down the mountain. Uh, the only one not snowboarding of the whole crew is mm-hmm. Kimberly, who is much more into skiing. Yeah, because it she makes looks her better. butt look better. I also want to say Kirk goes out of bounds. It's because he's a extreme skateboarder yeah but it's very dangerous to do that i don't know (laughs) i like following the rules and the laws so i wouldn't be there in the first place that's me (laughs) aplusseason.com so because kimberly is much more into skiing uh cole tries to offer her some lessons Mm -hmm. well christoph is the first to initiate the offer for lessons and then cole's like well i could just teach you but she decides to go with christoph to snowboard oh, or what does cole call it uh rip yeah he says rip well i can teach you how to rip shred some powder <laughs> so kimberly and Kristoff mm-hmm. go off together leaving pike and cole together elsewhere kirk has found himself at a shack thing yeah the shack thing uh naturally as you do you poke your head inside even though it says extreme danger on it whoa what's this and he turns around only to find the killer, the murderer, who swings an axe but only hits him in the snowboard and then stabs him through the chest with a big old icicle. And he says, You karma bad. True. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. And then it starts to really jump around. A lot of subjective and, and terrible final lines. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> it does start to jump around a lot from here. You're right. Cole and Pike frolic and laugh and wrestle in the snow and they almost kiss. Robin is on the ski lift when the black costumed guy gets on with her mm-hmm. and tries to attack her after pointing to the ski rules. But she pushes him off the lift yeah, seemingly before he's done anything. Uh, but one, she just fucking pushes him off the... Li- like, you could kill someone that way. Casual. 
Casual murder <laughs> by Robin. Skylar sees his ski bunny and finally gets to meet our new character. Mm-hmm. And her name is Shelly. That's it. I like it. It's like she has layers. <laughs> she used to work on, she says she used to work there until her mom died, blah, blah, blah. So you can't stay there. And also, my dad hates snowboarders. <laughs> on the ski lift, Robin goes to get off when her scarf gets wrapped around the back of the lift yeah. and she gets hung up. Which I think is what the snowboarder did. No. No. I think it's just pure accident. Pure accident. That's. Because it, like, shows the scarf wrap around. It does. Yeah. Like, he tried to, like, get her hands or something Mm. before she pushed him off. Anyways, she tries to stop the lifts and stop herself from strangling by hitting the emergency stop thing, which is underneath the gondolas. If you're casually dangling off one, you (laughs) you hit it, and then it stops. Uh, So it stops. She breaks it, though. And then Shelly goes up to the control panel. It's like, I'll fix it. Don't worry. And she does. So she restarts it (laughs) twice. (laughs) And she and Shelly hop on the lift back up the mountain together. Mm -hmm. Um, She says her father hates snowboarders. But he says that he isn't Um, a snowboarder. Well, I'm not really a snowboarder. I'm a filmmaker. Snowboarding is just my hobby. Wouldn't you rather ski? Um... So naturally, she undoes her ski suit to reveal that she's naked underneath mm-hmm. and shows Skylar her boobs and then takes his glove off and sticks his hand in there. As you do. And then they start smooching on up on each other. <laughs> and when they get off, they're intercepted by the bar owner dude, who we learn is Shelly's dad. And he gets all pissed off and tells her to go home. And she just skis off. So yeah. thank God. That they got off at just the right place for her to be able to do that. Thank the baby Jesus. And thank (laughs) heaven that Bud, the bartender, is there. By snow machine. He got all the way up to the top and no one noticed. The weather starts to get bad. Uh Uh-oh. Dark clouds rolling in. Pike and Cole are eating lunch and they try to radio Kimberly. And they get a hold of her and ask where Robin and Kristoff are. Just as Robin's body is going by in the background behind Cole and Pike. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know. It was very, it was clearly like intended to be comedic. Uh, And I wonder when that really started to take off again. Because I feel like that sort of comedy was common in like the 70s and early 80s. And then in the 90s, it wasn't. Anyways, regardless, weird (laughs) tangent to go on. Kristoff shows up to Kimberly mm-hmm. and he whisks her away because he has a surprise for you, my angel. <laughs> yes. So the rest of them, uh, Pike, Skylar, and Cole, decide to go back to the lodge or something and they run across our snowman with the big nose and the glasses from earlier, uh, who also has a human hand sticking out of it. Yeah. And before they see that, they're like talking. When Skylar first meets up with Pike and Cole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he tells them that he hung out with the skier. And they do that really strange movie thing where after he tells them, Pike is like, did you use your whole stash in one day? I have never hallucinated on marijuana. Yes. It's like when people are drunk and they're like, you're just drunk. And I hallucinated? Like, what? No, never (laughs) happens. It's ridiculous. It's 
bizarre and this was early 2000s weed which was garbage <laughs> so yeah like you were saying they see the snowman with the fingers mm-hmm. and uh they go to investigate and uh what should their wondering eyes should appear the corpse of the sheriff in full like deadite makeup pike kicks it over and his body falls out oh no that's not what they thought would fall out <laughs> So they run back to the main lodge and suspicion starts to fall on Kristoff. Like Cole is really leading that charge. He's I guess. insistent because he, I think he knows that Kimberly is boning down. down to but Pike is like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, you're projecting. And, and we see that Kristoff and Kim are indeed boning down. They oh. have apparently found a hot tub. My, f- It was so funny because Cole is like, uh, Pike, your cousin is fighting for her life. <laughs> like, no, she's not. She's having the time of her life with some champagne and... Uh, Just a hot tub in the yeah, middle of nowhere. And a, a hot dude. And they're smooching. They start getting hot and heavy, and she tells him to just drop the act and steals his wallet when she finds out that he's from Fresno. Like, and he's not what? Euro at all. <laughs> what uh, and he's like listen you don't understand my friends were i think my friends were killed here and i had to get into the lodge to investigate he ex- he's explicitly says that he's a killer yeah but it was an accident i'm a killer but the whole thing was an accident and and not like in your story you know about the little girl the ghost all that I think my friends were murdered. So he's really contradicting himself because he goes back and forth between saying he's a killer and saying it was just an accident. No one was a killer. Regarding murdering this child. But he says that the story Kim told earlier was wrong. And he drops that he used to date Shelly until the accident where her little sister died. And he has to get back into the lodge to prove that his friends were killed because of the accident that killed Shelly's younger sister. Ah! Very convoluted. Pike what is it, though? and Skylar end up finding the barn thing where Kirk died, and they start investigating. There's, like, a bunch of news clippings everywhere. Oh, it's a classic uh, murder den. Yeah, news clippings, uh, murder implements. We got the axe. Uh, there's, a, there's a doll in some junk. Uh, the news clippings are about a uh, woman dying in a drunk driving accident, Shelly's mother, Bud's wife, <laughs> as well as like the their daughter dying and the missing the snowboard snowboarders, band. yeah. And then they find the daughter's frozen, preserved corpse and freak out. Oh no! And then the skier shows up and they close the door and Kirk's body falls down. Oh no! And there is positively no way that that body was leaning against the door because it's a barely there piece of plywood. Yeah. Like there's no way that his body was leaning against it and that door was supporting his weight. And he died like two hours ago also? Exactly. I don't know. They get attacked, as you would imagine, Mm -hmm. and Skylar ends up getting hatcheted in the leg. Ouch. That would hurt a lot. It would hurt a lot. And it seems to hurt when they're stitching it up later, too. Yeah. Uh, with an earring. But Pike... <laughs> which I think is stolen from something else. 
but whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of references in this movie mm-hmm. to other things. Pike uh, takes our evil uh, skier and bashes him in the head with her snowboard. And they get out of there. Yeah. Cole finds Kim and Kristoff fucking in the hot tub, which is a great way to get an infection, by the way. So I hadn't for her. thought of that, but yeah, you're especially totally because right. this has been sitting water for how long? Oh, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that either. Yeah, no Ew. thanks. Cole at this point still Ew. thinks Kristoff is the killer and leaves in a huff. Yeah, but Kim grabs her coat all the while, like refuting that Kristoff could be the killer. I don't, in retrospect, I don't understand this because why does she care? She's already, he's already caught her cheating on him and the relationship's over. So why does she have to defend Kristoff to the rest of them? I have no idea. I guess Whatever. because she likes him. Uh, so she grabs her coat and her boots and she chases after him, still mostly naked. She's mm-hmm. not wearing a shirt. She's in like a pair of underwear and they meet up with Pike and Skylar and we see that back at the hot tub, Kristoff is being approached by a dark figure. He still has his eyes closed. And he's like, you got to give me a break, assuming it's Kim. You're going to kill me. I can't go again. Ha 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 ha. Oh, no. And then he gets hit in the head with a shovel. Like beaten to death. And then it turns into Kristoff's soup. It does. They hear him scream, so they run back, and they see his dead body bubbling in the hot tub, Mm -mm. and Cole says, okay, he's not the killer. Yeah. And then they run off back to the lodge, where they find the bodies of the sheriff, Robin, and Kirk all displayed out in the snow. As snow angels. Get it? Ha 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 ha. They go inside. And this is where Pike makes a pretty big logic jump and deduces that they're being killed because they broke the rules of the mountain. We're irresponsible. We're negligent skiers. What? That's why he keeps killing us. We broke the rules. Look. Uh, um, Observe all posted signs and warnings. Help me. Uh, Keep off closed trails and out of closed areas. Oh, that's cursed. State law prohibits riding, lift, or skiing while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. I didn't break any of them. And that's why you're not dead. Come on, knock it off, all right? He's not killing us because of these stupid skier rules. Hey, reality check! Nobody would kill over this, okay? Because if he was, we'd all be dead already. Just give it time. I guess because it's like, this must be like Scream. Yeah, and they found all of those. Oh. They found all of those yeah. pamphlets. I didn't think of that, like the rules thing. Because then when Skylar, spoiler alert, dies, he's like, but I'm a virgin. I can't die. Which exactly. doesn't, is never mentioned again. Yeah. Like, it's like they're saying, fuck you, Scream. Like, real killers wouldn't do this. <laughs> they wouldn't obey by any rules. It's and like it doesn't make any sense logic. within this movie either for that to be the thing. Because even Kimberly's like, I haven't broken any of the rules. Yeah. I mean, she's not even a snowboarder. She skis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess she broke in there true but and for some reason kim doesn't put pants on oh yeah the she's whole still time. nude mostly uh, they should have really leaned into that though the like oh but this is like clearly we have to abide by horror movie rules and then the killer's just like i don't give a fuck i'm gonna kill everyone anyways whoever <laughs> i come across that would have been more interesting it really would have but it wasn't so oh well <laughs> uh something i did think about so so uh, Robin 
getting strangled was yes, an accident. Indeed. So that that was the scary skier. That was her dad being like, "Hey, you need to fix your thing." Probably. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So mostly nude Kim goes to the basement to try and find a phone, which she does, mm-hmm. but they're dead. And then she finds the bodies of the snowboarders from the beginning, all mummified and yeah. whatever. Mummified in cold storage. But well, I guess clothes... it's not the, the ones from the beginning. They're Christoph's friends yeah. who were killed much earlier. Their clothes look really good, Because the guy who died at the beginning was Chad Charnley. Yes. Okay. Cole and Pike are outside attempting to fix the car. Mm-hmm. And the killer creeps inside and upstairs where Skylar is recuperating after getting his wound stitched by Pike. Yeah. And he's very drunk because it's that, you've got a wound here, you got to pour alcohol on it and take some. I mean, I definitely would if it were me in that situation. Oh, for sure. But I also don't think I would just lie there on the ground (laughs) while being murdered. He's got some funny lines while getting getting stitched up anyway. Mm -hmm. Or at least they thought they were funny lines when they wrote them. Normally, I charge you extra for multiple piercings. I have a coupon! Hold that close. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, ow! Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, a gift from Robin. Uh, maybe she'll have to wear something else to the debutante funeral. Ow! Stop! Uh, I'm glad that he reacted with extreme pain while they were doing it because <laughs> I feel like in these movies it's always like I'm gonna grin and bear it <laughs> I can do it yeah so the killer comes in on him mm-hmm. he starts filming he's like you can't kill me I'm still a virgin which has nothing to do with anything that's been established so far it's certainly not a ski so room. they stab through his camera at first and then proceed to stab through the camera into his head because he won't stop filming. <laughs> this was a very prescient character. It was a huge trope at the time because this was really when handheld cameras were becoming so accessible. And I mean, now it's they're recording it on their phone. Yeah. But this was a time where it was like a huge shift from those massive video cameras to where literally anyone could have like mm-hmm. a fucking handheld. And if you wanted to write a movie script, uh, you imagined yourself directing it anyway, so why not insert yourself into the oh, movie? Oh, for sure. It's like a, <laughs> almost like a Mary Sue. Yeah. Anyways. His blood starts dripping through the vent, and Kim is downstairs. She can hear the killer moving. She thinks it's Skylar thumping around up there. Yeah, he's got very heavy feet. But the blood drips through the vent and onto her face, and she takes off running. And in. screaming. And the score at this point is a massively huge scream ripoff. <laughs> like, it's not quite scream, but it's definitely close. I'll play the comparison now. <laughs> and now scream.
Wow, you're right. It's pretty intense. I hadn't thought of it that way before. <laughs> so she hides in a closet in the basement where Chad's body is that she finds. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Chad. I respect her for freaking out, but then being true to her character and being like, I'm cold and a sociopath, so I'll just suck it up. <laughs> but why didn't she? Tr- she ha- kept the light on. She kept the fucking walkie-talkie on. These well, are rookie mistakes. Here's this, I don't. You must have missed it. Well, I know she was calling for help with it. Well, she was in the closet. Mm-hmm. She was already hidden away in the quiet. And then she saw that the radio was outside. So she ran out of the closet, got the radio, ran back to the closet, and then started radioing Cole. I have no fucking idea what she thought was going to happen yeah. when Cole started responding to her. Because obviously it's going to make a huge noise, which it does because he replies to her. Oh, Kim, where are you? Kim, come out. And the killer, of course, hears and starts punching a hole through the door. Uh, direct ripoff of The Shining. I'm Like the camera movements and everything <laughs> of him stabbing the door with that uh, fireplace poker. And then the fireplace poker gets stuck on Chad's head. Because she's using Chad as a meat shield. Because she's smart. She is. And resourceful. I can respect her for that, <laughs> at least. Eventually, the killer stops. But as I guess she does, instead of staying there, she immediately runs out and gets killed off screen. Yeah, runs into his arms, and we only know, well, it's implied that she dies because... You see the blood. Moving towards uh, the walkie-talkie that Cole's like, Kim? Yeah, so he finally decides to go check on her after after hearing her pleas for help. You would think it's him and Pike. Pike is the one who's fixing this car, the truck or whatever it is. And all he's doing is sitting there and turning the gas over. (laughs) You would think if you really cared about her as he as he said that he did, even enough to be upset about it, that you would run at the first sign of her being in trouble. She was a really shitty person anyway. She was. I'm not defending her at all. I'm just saying it's just anyways. In fact, like when he does go inside and finds her. Oh, yeah. With her dying breath, she says, Never loved you. I think it was because she was pissed that he didn't save her in the first place. Pretty intense ass thing to say. Again, like another one of those, like, this seems like a, if I was dying, I don't think I'd be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta squeeze this last one out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pike gets the truck started outside and the killer comes after her. Yeah. And somehow gets the truck started because the killer did a real number on this engine, like really bad. But she took shop or something. Yeah. It's how it's written off as. And so she hits him with the truck. Yes. And then the killer falls down and she waits for the killer to get back up. So she can hit him again. So she can hit them again. And, uh, but instead of hitting them again, she crashes, crashes into a shed thing, which allows the killer to get the better of her. Yeah. Knock her out, drag her into the snow. And it looks like she's been shot with in the, the head. the rest of the bodies. Yeah. Cole comes out mm-hmm. and he finds her dead, seemingly dead. Or is she? Ah. Like, she's fully lying there with her eyes 
open, unmoving. And a giant wound on her head that looks like a gunshot <laughs> wound. So Cole runs, he gets on the lift, and starts breaking as many rules as he can to get attention from the killer. He doesn't have the binding on his skis. He doesn't have the connection to the gondola. I'm so irresponsible! Complete lack of responsibility here! I have no idea of the proper loading technique! And I shouldn't even be using this equipment unsupervised! Uh, Look! Check it out! No safety strap! I have no device to prevent runaway equipment! And I'm littering! I never take responsibility for people ahead of me on the trail! Where the hell are you? Come and get me! I hate skiers! He's a killer. Again, going back to my theory that it was like... Well, your theory sort of. It was like a scream, fuck you. The killer just shuts the power off and strands him in midair where he can't get down, then drives up on his little snow machine and starts shooting at him. <laughs> Terrifying. In like such a I really fucked up moment. So he charges, he gets off the lift, mm-hmm. snowboards down the mountain and charges the guy on the snow machine, grabs the guy's gun, and they have a good old-fashioned standoff where we learn that it's the bar owner. What? And he says that he didn't kill anyone. He just wanted to scare them off. Yeah. Cole goes to shoot him, but the gun is filled with blanks. It's just blanks because he was telling the truth. He just wanted to scare them away. So he starts encroaching on Cole. Like he does the whole thing like, oh, my wife, my daughter. They're the only ones who died because as far as he knows, they are. And then Cole hits him on the head. With the gun. With the gun and takes off down the hill, which is a pretty JV move, Cole. Because why didn't you take the snow machine? Why didn't you break his legs? And the snow machine roars to life and starts chasing him, but drives right into that good old line from earlier. And the guy in the snow machine, Bud, gets decapitated. Himself, which was kind of frustrating, if I'm being honest. Well, actually, no. He wouldn't have known... If that's the dad, because it was the dad. It was the dad. He didn't know that that line was there. No, because Shelly was the one killing them. How did Cole escape it? He ducked he, under it? Uh, did he duck under it? I don't think he knew it was there either. I Neither feel like I. the snow machine went to go get in front of him. I can't really remember. Uh, like he stopped and the snow machine kept going. That's true. I think that's, that's true. what happened. I really don't know. But like, uh, <laughs> when you view it as two separate people i guess it makes more sense in retrospect but they really do you no favors of trying to connect those dots at all (laughs) you know what i mean yeah Yeah. cole takes off back to the bar i guess because he knows the guy's dead but why would you go there exactly exactly and it's completely empty completely empty so naturally he has to go all the way through it and he walks out the back door which shuts behind him and immediately locks also he's genuinely one of two people who even knows who bud is to begin with exactly and at this point i guess he's also the only one who knows kind of who shelly is but the only one who talked to shelly ever was fucking skylar Skylar, yeah totally true so he goes out the back door, and wouldn't you know it, uh, the snowplow is facing him, and he's got him boxed in this little alley. Complete with a death to snowboarders sticker. Yes. And it starts up, starts grinding its 
grinder thing. And yeah, it's kind of very convenient that this snow corridor exists that he can't escape from for some reason. Yes, and also that he came back to the bar because if I was a rational person, I would not go there. As we've already discussed. Mm -hmm. Also, this bar is very strange because you can buy supplies there, even though it's a full bar. Because <laughs> they go there to get beer and other shit. It might be like a bar slash general store. I there's guess. lots of those around, like resorts and stuff like that. Like uh, where my cottage is, there's mm -hmm. a bunch of stores where it's like a split general store meets ice cream shop meets ah, I see. The restaurant, like stuff like that. The more you know. <laughs> the more I know. Anyways, the driver of the snowplow starts taking their disguise off. And it's Shelly, ah. the evil skier. She's also the only one that makes sense who it could possibly be, considering that she's the, a name character, and she hasn't been there the whole time. And, and she's not dead. We've gotten her entire backstory from uh, tertiary characters. Yes, we've pieced it together. And she's like, who's the shredder now? Yeah, she props the gas pedal with a crowbar and gets out and starts being maniacal. Yeah. And that's when Pike shows up because she's still alive. Oh, and yeah. She shoots Shelly with this shotgun she got somewhere. And Shelly falls into the path of the snow machine. And she's still fine. She goes to attack Cole and then... Pike shoots her again, mm -hmm. and she sits down, and then she gets sucked into the blades. So and completely Fargoed. Pike saves the day. Yeah, again, again. Pike has done so much this episode. She okay. Let's go back in time. She lifts him out of the situation. She does. She murders the murderer. Mm -hmm. She fixes the car. Mm -hmm. uh, there's other. Oh, she she knocks out the the killer or the dad or whoever it was with the snowboard she potentially figures out the lore yeah exactly i feel like she doesn't get the credit she deserves the like this scene is a good example of the fact that the action scenes in this movie are extremely lacking and very anticlimactic oh yes uh because the main action just would have been this thing slowly driving down upon exactly him. But I guess what else are you going to do? Have him get run over by a Zamboni or something? Cole and Pike end up... Why would there be a Zamboni on a ski hill? Because it's another winter machine that I thought of <laughs> off the top of my head. That's why. Driving into my dreams and my heart. Cole and Pike end up smooching. Mm -hmm. And he's totally fine if she's bisexual and wants to bring girls home and whatever. So, like, what's the deal with this nickname of yours? I mean, so you know, I'm liberal. I mean... If you want to be, like, bisexual or something, you know, bring chicks home, that's cool with me. Why not? And she doesn't respond other than to rack the shotgun again, which I hope is the right term, because I know nothing about guns. And then get into the car. Cue terrible end song. Oh, yeah, it was uh, a jazz outro. She won't believe... I'll just put it in. But... Yeah. She won't believe in your jive. All right. 
So I think we both have production notes this time, which is exciting. Yes. So I'll go ahead and do our six degrees of Jamie Lee right off the bat. And would you like to go first or should I go first? I think I'll go first. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So we have uh, Scott Winger, Winger, whatever, this that guy. All of those So he's in Aladdin world. with Robin Williams, who was in Return of Spinal Tap with Jamie Lee Curtis. Was he? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know there was a sequel to Spinal Tap. There is. So the more you know. So Greg Hewson got the idea for the movie six or seven years prior to this being made. And it was while he was skiing with a friend and the two of them were hating on snowboarders and quote, wanting to kill them. And he wanted, he was like, uh, should call it red snow. So mm. this, a lot of the information I've called here is from a 2003 interview with uh, Mr. Hewson from uh, Hysteria Lives. And so while answering a question in regards to like the inspiration behind this, so he said his first title idea was red snow. And then his friend who he refused to name for, quote, plausible deniability, <sighs> suggested sh- uh, Shredder instead. Rude. So that's a pretty shitty thing to do to your friend, you but whatever. You cut your friend in for like 5000 of consulting fees or something? <laughs> Just break off some? And in what seems to be a pretty recurring thing with a lot of the movies that we talk about, he was in debt. And trying to pay off his credit cards after he self-financed his first film and wanted to aim for something that would be commercially viable. He hired Craig Donald Carlson, the writer, after the two of them met while working on the same TV show and editing in Paris. It (laughs) took years for the script to come together. And in the first draft, most of the characters survived. Gross. I guess that explains the Paris connection true obviously this is one of the post scream slasher attempts but greg hewson claims that shredder claims by the way that shredder was approached as a horror comedy yeah and a lot of the balance changes happened in editing and he really dislikes being compared against wes craven and kevin williamson Uh, the duo behind Scream. I'm sure you hate it. Yeah, because he isn't a fan of their writing and hates Kevin Williamson's dialogue, which is obvious considering <laughs> how lacking that is in this one. But live your truth, Greg. Yeah, yeah. And instead, he wishes that he would be compared to Kevin Smith because oh, he's hilarious. An auteur, definitely. So there's that. I guess that explains... Uh, pike's character is like chasing amy true which if so fuck you (laughs) fuck both of you there isn't much about the actual shooting of the movie other than that the cast had a very good time in fact his answer was oh there's a long and short short story about that i'll go with the latter they had a great time (laughs) So I have no idea what that means. Uh, it means they all had crazy weird sex all <laughs> but, the time. Yeah, so it was filmed in Idaho, which I know you're going to talk about, mm-hmm. in 2001. 
but I guess there were a few scenes that ended up getting cut from the final product. There was one where Cole sees the tape that Kimberly and Robin filmed in the bathroom at the gas station. Whoa. So he had a reaction to that to sort of wrap their storyline up, I guess. And there's a few scenes that furthered the whole Kristoff being the red herring. Okay, yeah. But they didn't like them. And finally, I, it, for this one, I actually oh. want to include the full quote from the interview with Hysteria Lives because it's great. There's one where Kimberly and Skylar take some painkillers together, which is funny and oddly sexy, but bogs down the third act a little too much. Oddly sexy, taking painkillers together. What painkillers? I don't know. Where does this enter in? Like, she... Okay, and sure. <laughs> like, right on the cusp, this would have been, like, pre-opiate uh, epidemic, like, the cusp of it. Like the beginnings of it, yeah. right? Yeah. Shockingly, they were unable to find a distributor. <laughs> and it did not get a wide theatrical release, but it had a limited run in a few theaters in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And in Japan, it was released as Jason Z in a weird attempt to connect it to the Friday the 13th series, yes. which makes genuinely no sense at all. Yeah, none. Not one bit of sense. Like a, a ski hill is like the opposite of a camp, basically. It's hostile. <laughs> and speaking of this camp, you wanted to talk oh, about that, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I also wanted to say Chasing Amy was 1997, so it would have just come out when they started like, thinking about Well, a couple years this. old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyways, this was filmed at Silver Mountain Ski in Summer, which is in... Uh, Kellogg, Idaho. Yes. Okay. It features the number one bike park in the Northwest. Sure. I guess. Yeah. America's largest gondola. Okay. <laughs> and Idaho's largest indoor water park, which I'm sure there's a lot of competition so they're for. Game chasers, <laughs> basically. Uh, and I also want to say. It has a stunning nine-hole golf course featuring creeping bent grass greens and Kentucky blue. I guess you have to make money in the summer, too. Tees, fairways, and bows. Now, this is, I just want to say, okay, mm -hmm. this, this course has been rated as challenging but fair. <laughs> and uh, there is the opportunity for abundant sightings of wildlife. Well, while you're good. playing so if you want a eagle to steal your golf ball this is the place to go or a snowmobile helmeted killer yeah and that is 610 bunker avenue kellogg idaho if you're in town just if you're in town that's interesting <laughs> seems like they like collecting achievements yeah i don't know why they didn't talk about this movie on their front page who knows? How many other ski resorts can have horror movies filmed at them? At least a few. That's true. Frozen comes to mind. <laughs> not That's true, though. Not no, Disney's I know Frozen. The, the ski lift horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ski lift horror. And then that 
Canadian one that we can never remember the name of, but I think we have written down. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I Frostbite. I can't remember. No, it's, it's shot in Alberta. Whatever. Doesn't matter. That's the end of that episode, I think. This episode is done. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Thank you. As I'm going to do our social media role, as we always do, at Deaf First Blood on Twitter, definitely First Blood on Instagram, and at gmail.com if you would like to send us an email. You want to help us out with the uh, algorithms? Please write us a favorable review if that's something you're inclined to do we would really appreciate it but if not that's okay too we just appreciate you listening yeah. and we thank you so much we love you bye bye that's not a really insincere bye Goodbye. it was sincere though we really Goodbye. appreciate it bye Goodbye. see ya